Hello, everybody. This is Matt Wallace from FSI Ministries. This is episode two, and in this episode, we're going to be wrestling with the topic of grit. Now, before we get into that, I want to tie it back to last episode. Last episode, we talked a lot about the difference between trying to be the branch and the vine and the importance our role is as Christians to be the branch and stay connected to the vine. We tend at times in Christianity to get so fruit focused and what we produce, what we do, what we work and flesh out, that we lose sight of being connected to the power source, which is Jesus, the true vine. In John 15, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Remain in me. And so we talked a lot about that concept of our power source to produce good works, good fruit comes from remaining and abiding in him. And today, I want to take that a step further and not just talk about the fruit that we produce, but I want to talk about the fact that when we remain in Christ and when we understand what it means to abide in him, that we also develop this idea of grit. Now, what is grit? And as I ask you that question, I also am going to ask you another question. What is your grit score? I heard a principal ask a prospective student this a while back, and I thought it was a fascinating question to him. What is your grit score? But in order to do that, you have to understand what grit is. Now, what it's not is what I used to think it was. I mean, I thought grit was my grandpa growing up. You know, this this burly, strong guy who always had this five o'clock shadow beard, always had a little dirt on his pants because he was a farmer. He just worked his tail off. Maybe not the guy that had the best hygiene. Maybe not the guy that had the best talk, but just this gritty, tough guy, you know, that could just deal with any pain, any, just never seemed to have much of a weakness on the outside. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I, I sometimes would deal with inadequacies. You know, I, I was a short dude. I was, I was tiny. Uh, on our seventh grade basketball program, they listed our heights, and that was a bad thing for me because I was the only one under five foot tall. And, and, and so when I looked at my grandpa, and I'd see this gritty, tough guy, and then I'd think of myself in the mirror and I struggled, you know, I, I I felt inadequate. I would go to Kings Island as a kid and 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 be too short for the roller coasters and all my friends are uh riding the roller coasters. So, you know, when you when you grow up, the world kinda structures your idea of what it means to be tough, what it means to be adequate. And everybody's experience might be a little bit different. That was mine. You know, that was where my culture uh, pushed me. And at times I I fell into that trap of just wanting to figure out how to be a tough guy. Then, you know, my dad would watch these Westerns and there was this Western um, uh, starring uh, John Wayne called True Grit. Well, there's there's what grit is, right? You know, this guy who never showered and rode out West and rounded up bad guys and was a bounty hunter, but just kind of a... Uh, you know, you could barely understand him. He just had this rough voice and this tough guy mentality. And he could get shot and keep going. And, and you know, this idea of grit. You know, I, I, I never minded getting a little dirty. I, I guess I, I grew up on a farm. I never minded a little physical labor from time to time. But I'm not sure that's really deep down what I was looking for. You know, all those examples, you know, of, 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 of 
what I grew up in, my grandfather, the old Western guy, or maybe it's Denzel Washington, and, you know, and, and his movies where he's, you know, the, the equalizer or he's in The Magnificent Seven, you know, just that guy that could look into the eyes of the bad guy and just by his sheer look invoke fear. Is that what grit is? You know, all those guys I'm describing have an outside grit or have a, a grit that is defined by a certain culture. But to many, that might be even a false grit or a facade. I'm going to ask you again, what's your grit score? And here's what I'm going, um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a definition of grit. This definition was created by Christian author and pastor John Ortberg. And I want you to hear this definition. He says grit is defined this way. Grit is the ability to endure to continue a worthwhile activity in the face of boredom, frustration, pain, fear, or lack of instant gratification. So with that definition of grit, what's your grit score? 10 being that you have the ability to endure, you have the ability in the face of those things to just press on, then you're a 10. Or if you fold, if you end up being, you know, lazy and spend way more time in the bed or on the couch or, I don't know, in your happy place versus trudging on through difficulties. And I have to be dead honest with you that my grit score has risen and fallen at times depending on the amount of pain or frustration or fear that has attacked me from time to time. I've had a lot of people, though, in my life I've had a lot of people that I've been able to look to that have displayed that kind of grit. The kind of guy or gal who inspires others to make others better around them. The kind of person who is reliant on God in everything they do, and they find their toughness through that. Do you know somebody like that? Have you had people in your life that have modeled that beyond Hollywood or beyond some Western? And I hope so. And as you start to think through what I'm about to share from the scriptures, I want you to continue to reflect on your grit, your ability to endure, and your grit score. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of reshape the word grit as it's spelled out. G-R-I-T, I'm going to break it into two components here. The G-R, I'm going to call that the God reliance. And the I-T, the inner toughness. So my explanation of grit as I look at scripture is just that. God reliant inner toughness. I want to take a walk down memory lane of Jesus really quickly because if I could think of anybody who displayed unbelievable grit, it was him. I want you to think of Luke chapter 4. Jesus has just been introduced on the scene as a young adult starting his ministry, and the first thing he does is he heads to the wilderness to take on the devil. For 40 days, he's alone, face to face with temptation after temptation food, power, authority. And Jesus, with each temptation of the devil at a time of great weakness, is able to respond with scripture and endure. 
I want to think about when he goes to Nazareth in Luke chapter 4. I want to think about when he, in John chapter 8, when he's caught, uh, when he catches um, the Pharisees with this woman caught in adultery and they're dragging her into his presence because now people are frustrated and with Jesus and are wanting to catch him. And he says, all right, Jesus, we caught this woman in adultery. What do you do? And Jesus kneels down and he starts drawing in the dirt. One of those things I want to ask him in heaven, what were you doing? What were you doing with your finger in the dirt? Were you just buying some time so you didn't unleash your angels on these Pharisees? Were you collecting your thoughts? To me, he was displaying some grit He was gathering his thoughts as he was about to stand in the gap for this sinner and show toughness and endurance in a difficult time. I think of Luke chapter 13. I'm going to read this one to you. It's in verse 31 through 33. Listen to these words. It says, Just then some Pharisees came up and said, Run for your life. Herod's on the hunt. He's out to kill you. These were Pharisees talking to Jesus. And I'm reading from the message translation. Verse 32, Jesus said, Tell that fox that I have no time for him right now. Today and tomorrow I'm busy clearing out the demons and healing the sick. And the third day I'm going to wrap things up. Besides, it's not proper for a prophet to come uh, to a bad end outside of Jerusalem. I mean, here's Jesus in the midst of his work, in the midst, there, 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 there's trouble all around. There's political turmoil. They're trying to trap him. They're trying to do him in. And he looks right at them and says, not today. I, I've got the mission of God at hand. And, and I, that's the grit that I want to have. That's a 10 on the scale. When you can look into the eyes of the opposition, of the things that want to distract us from what we're called to do, who we're called to be, And be able to look at that and say, not today. I'm not going to let fear win today. I'm not going to let the voice of the opposition win today. That I'm going to seek God's plan. I'm going to be God-reliant and have an inner toughness. You know, uh, there's another time in, in John chapter 18 where Jesus had a similar struggle. It says, knowing in verse 4, knowing all that was going to happen... He went out to this crowd of people and he said, who is it you want? They said, Jesus of Nazareth is who we want. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas was standing with him. And in verse 6, it says, when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. I mean, Jesus had this authority about him that even in in the face of opposition, he spoke with toughness and grit and authority. And, and, and I want to tap into that in some way. So how do we do it? I mean, how does he do it? How do we do it? I mean, here he was the son of God for all, right? Uh, and he was gritty right to the cross. He was tough. He said, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down. And then he looks at us, and we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, My grace is all you need. My power is best in weakness. We don't measure our grit based on our circumstances. I might have been 4'11 in the seventh grade. 
I might have not been the guy that you would have picked on your team on the playground. But one thing for certain, if I was on your team, I was all in, I was scrappy, and I was in it to win it. I was in it to fight and to claw and to scrap on the court for my team. Well, as a Christian, even though I may have inadequacies, even though there are things in my life that show weakness, Jesus said, it's not about you. Your grit comes from me. My grace is all you need. We could actually say God-reliant. We could say grace-reliant. What does that mean? What does that look like? God-reliant? Well, let's start with prayer. Over 30 times in the New Testament, there are examples of Jesus praying. And many of those, he went off alone to pray. Prayer is powerful. We need it. We need it for ourselves. We need it on behalf of others. And we need it in order to tell God who he is in our life. So as you examine your grit score, let me ask you this. How's your prayer life? There's also the reality of the knowledge of scriptures. The knowledge of his word. There is great power in his word. It says it is his word that can that can change us. It is his word that literally teaches us and can save us, that we're to hide in our hearts so that we don't sin against him. It was his word that rebuked the devil out in the wilderness. It was his word that he often used to revoke the Pharisees when they were wrong and when they were attacking him. Even as he hung on the cross, it was his word, the scriptures, where we can find comfort. Second Timothy says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season to correct, rebuke, and encourage others with good teaching. If we want to be God-reliant, if we want a little more grit in our life, I want to challenge you to pray and talk to God more. I want to challenge you to lean into his words, daily devotions, Times where you can really see life application from the scriptures. And then there's this whole idea of internal toughness. The I and the T in the word grit. Internal toughness. What does that look like? Well, John chapter 14, Jesus introduces them to it. He says, I'm going to tell the Father. And he's going to give you another advocate. Help that will be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world won't accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him. For he lives within you and will be forever in you. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. That when we lean into God, we accept him as our Savior. He comes and he dwells within us. So many people in this world want to talk about toughness by physicality, by willpower, by determination. All those words that are common in our culture. But I'm here to tell you, That internal toughness, the back end of grit, true grit, comes when we can trust in the Holy Spirit to indwell us, guide us, and give us the strength when we don't have it. You see, Jesus was preparing his disciples the night before the cross for the most difficult season of their life. It was going to be tough, but he also was telling them, it's going to be okay. You can endure Why? Because I'm going to be in you. You see, when we face inadequacies, 
when we look to try uh, to, to be like others, when we, when we look at ourselves in the mirror and we don't like what we see, we don't measure up um, with what this world paints as what's truly adequate or truly tough. But I want to ask you, do you have true grit? Do you have internal toughness from the Holy Spirit? Are you God-reliant through prayer and Scripture? One more verse, Acts 4.13, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says that when the courts, when the, when the leaders were looking at Peter and John, they saw their courage and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, but they were astonished and took note because it was evident these men would be with Jesus. That is true grit. It isn't always about the degrees. It isn't always about using the fancy words. It isn't always about the outward appearance. You can be an ordinary dude, but you can astonish people when you have a relationship with Jesus. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that inner toughness, that God-reliant spirit that when difficulties come in my family, when difficulties come in health, addictions, grade, relationships, money, whatever the challenge that lays before me. And I've had them in my past. And I can sit here today and tell you that I haven't always shown the best God-reliant inner toughness. But today, I want to grow and I want to be stretched. And I'm challenging you the same thing. Right now, some of you may be wrestling with your your grit. Can I endure? Can I endure the semester? Can I endure my classes? Can I endure all the way to my degree, my sport, my job, my career? On the mission field, I come into encounters with people in inner city Detroit and Honduras and Haiti that have to endure so much hardship. And they're so inspiring because they display this ability to see beyond what is seen by everybody and see beyond to see what God sees. And they become God-reliant with inner toughness. One of my favorite pastors puts it this way. The greatness of a man is linked directly to the proportion of his measure of his surrender. In other words, true grit equals complete surrender. So it's okay if I'm short. It's okay if I'm not big and strong like Captain America. It's okay if I don't have the toughness of this world like Denzel Washington or Wyatt Earp. I may never ride a Harley and I may never look good in a scrapping beard and I may never travel the North Atlantic and fish for crab in the Arctic cold. But I know this. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. He has another plan for me. He has a better one. He has an inner one and he has that same thing for you. What's your grit score? How are you enduring? How are you in God-reliant inner toughness in those times of trouble and struggle? Thanks for listening, and I hope that today you've been challenged to grow in your God-reliance.